ladies, it is your girl Kimberly White and welcome to another episode of the Walking in Heels podcast. I am so happy to have y'all here so that y'all can listen to one of the most amazing people that I was able to meet in 2021. As many of y'all know, I did a fitness competition that I constantly say changed my life because it did. Um, and it changed my life for several reasons. One of the main ones was just the choices that I was making, the things I was putting into my body. It had a tremendous effect on how I was feeling, how I was performing, how I showed up in the world, and also how my body was shaped. So I figured it's so much better for you guys, um, not only to hear me talk about it, but to hear good tips from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And I have got um, the one, the only, Michelle Bland Musney from Pose and Poised. Um, she was my nutritionist. She was my fitness coach. She was like my posing coach. She got me all the way to a win. And that's what I brought her on this podcast to do for y'all. So please, Michelle, introduce yourself to the people. We're so happy to have you. And just tell the listeners a little bit about what it is that you do and how you got into this crazy business. Oh my. Um, hi everyone. Um, so a little bit about myself. I actually come from a different background. I am a therapist by trade, um, have my master's degree and work towards my doctorate degree in juvenile forensic psychology. So I am a child of psychologist. Uh, <laughs> Um, did, did counseling and therapy for a number of years and, um, got introduced to the bodybuilding world, which is crazy. Cause even whenever I first got introduced to it, I was just like, I'm always going to be a therapist. I love working with people. And I do. Um, so if you would ask me about 10 years ago, would I be doing this full time? I would say no. Um, how I got into this journey um, a little bit of a background, and I won't go too deep into it, but whenever I first um, started looking at doing a show myself, I worked with a really close friend um, and worked on my nutrition part of preparing for a show. And one of the things that kind of stuck out to me was I would ask a lot of questions. Again, I'm a therapist. I'm educated. So you can't just tell me something and tell me just to do it without me asking questions. And I got a lot of negative feedback from that was like, just do what I say, don't ask questions, just follow the program. And things just didn't make sense to me. And I was just like, no, I want to know for myself. So I actually went back to school. I got a certification in nutrition. Um, I did do an emphasis in sports nutrition because obviously that's the road that I'm going into in bodybuilding, but also in just overall health for me I grew up not being the healthiest person because I didn't know a lot of this stuff and so I really wanted to know proper nutrition and nutrition for everybody not just from the perspective of bodybuilding and I kind of felt like she kind of approached it from the bodybuilding perspective and nothing more than that and we all know and including you um, that being in the bodybuilding industry does not mean that we're the healthiest people. Um, we do some insane things in prep so that I would never say that this is the healthiest sport that you can do. And I try to tell people that up front. So long story short, I wind up getting my certification in that 
and started to really kind of hone in into this sport, um, I found out after doing my first competition that I absolutely loved the stage. I loved prepping. Um, I actually lost about 20 pounds for my show. And I was already small. I was already about 124, 125 pounds. Um, I on stage was 102. Um, <laughs> so very, very small. And again, when you start looking at I'm five foot six and 102 pounds, I was just like, there has to be a better way. It has to be different. So again, that's part of the reason why I wind up being um, certified in nutrition, trying to learn more and trying to be a better person as far as if I am going to do this, I want to be as acknowledgeable as possible for my clients. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that background. And yes. I'm telling y'all, y'all are going to be so excited to learn <laughs> Um, Michelle, because she keeps it funky. Like, in my opinion, you are one of the most unfiltered people that I've ever met. And I feel like you need that in a coach, um, yeah. nutrition coach, health coach. Keep it honest with me, because this is a real big endeavor that most people go on. We both know that, you know, there are plenty of people out here walking around with autoimmune deficiencies. Um, and different issues, underlying health issues that could really mess them up if we don't get a hold of these things. Yes. Sometimes there is like a caveat to going into this sport of bodybuilding. And I experienced it a little bit myself because I was hardheaded, um, but you did your best to try to get me away from that. So that's what I wanted to speak to today as well, Michelle. Um, just some of the parts of the process, right? When you're prepping, which for my viewers and listeners, prepping for a fitness competition is essentially about, you know, maybe a 16 week to 20 week span in time that you are solely focused on eating, dieting, working out and getting your body into competition shape. Um, a lot of people will adopt the prep quote unquote mentality when they're doing fitness challenges. And so they'll eat like, say, for instance, the keto diet, or they'll do some other type of diet, but then it becomes this yo-yo thing because once they finish with those 16 or 20 weeks, they go right back to eating the way that they used to. And those underlying health conditions can become inflamed as a result of it. So um, today we're going to talk more about my experience with Michelle what she did for me. We're going to give y'all some tips on nutrition, dieting, what are the best ways to go about it, who can a nutritionist benefit, and we're going to wrap up with the pros and cons of actually competing in a fitness competition, which I am still a huge advocate for, period. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes. So thanks for providing that color. And I'm glad you told people that and no, we're not knocking ACE. We're not knocking um, any of the other certification programs because I'm certified through ACE as an aerobic instructor. So I get it. But you actually took it a step further. You didn't just go through one of the sports nutrition clinics to learn nutrition. You went to college and got certification as well. Yes which is a big difference. Um, most of your, your other certifications, you can just do it online. You don't have to have, you know, any type of prereqs in order to do it. You know, it's pretty much open to anybody. And those are great as well. 
Um, they do teach you some things, but it's different whenever you're having to go into a classroom situ uh, situation. You're actually having to be tested on a number of things because one of the things that we do that you wouldn't do in those types of certifications is you do look at different disorders, autoimmune disorders. If someone has cancer, if somebody has you know, any type of underlining health issues. One of the things that kind of separates me from um, a, a certified nutritionist and working in this field is I ask all my clients if they have any um, history of eating disorders, which is very, very important in what we do. Again, I've already said this is not the healthiest sport um, out there to participate in. And it can cause like body dysmorphia and eating disorders because you get addicted to being so lean. So those are type of things that you wouldn't get from any ordinary just certification in, you know, fitness, nutrition or something like that. Going that extra step really educates you on a number of different things. So um, I do try to explain that to people. But again, it really depends on what you're actually looking for. Got it. So are you normally working with, I know that a lot of your client base are actual competitors, men and women, but do you work with the general population as well? And what does that client base look like? I do. Um, so for me, because I'm so busy throughout the year, I judge, I post clients, I'm usually at almost every show. I only take on me personally about 10 to 12 um, prep clients a year. And I do that because it requires you to be very strict and very on top of what you're doing. Um, this is a very strategic sport. You got to know how to bring someone in perfectly for the stage. So for me, I don't want to overwhelm myself. I don't want to be that coach that says, hey, I'm going to sing your diet plan. It's two weeks later and you still don't have it because you're overwhelmed with clients. So for me, I've given myself a boundary. And I really stick to that. Once I hit my limit, um, I say I can't do it. I can refer you to another person. And I, again, a lot of my techniques come back from my counseling. First, do no harm. Um, stay within your limits. If you are not able to do that, refer out. So if you have ever talked to a counselor, you know these little things. I still adhere to that in my practice. Majority of my clients and the clients that I want to take on is your regular, ordinary people that just wants to eat healthy, learn how to eat healthy, maybe want to lose some weight, um, maybe want to get ready for their high school reunion, or they're going to go on vacation, or, you know, this is my big 45, I want to celebrate, yeah. you know, whatever it may be. Those to me are the most important people because that's your everyday person. Mm -hmm. Not everyday people are going to get on the stage. Um, it's we we've really kind of narrowed it down to about one percent people will actually compete and continue to compete. There's a lot of people that they'll do it as like a bucket list or they'll do you know two competitions and they're done. That's our normal. So the people who actually continue to go on and do it year after year is about one percent of the population. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's really kind of strange. And even myself, you know, I competed, I've done, I think, eight shows total. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm more effective as a coach. I really like being on this end of stuff and I have no desire to get back on stage. Um, but I also think it makes me an even better coach because I've been on every different scene, if you'll say, you know, of the, of the whole, um, spectrum, you know, I've been a 
competitor. I've been a coach. I've been a judge. You know, I've done it all. It's full circle. So I think that that also kind of helps whenever you're trying to look for somebody. But definitely look for somebody that matches what you want to do. You know, if somebody, this is all they do is prep people for competitions. They're not used to working with everyday people because who wants to eat fish and rice and asparagus every single day? Okay. (laughs) And see, that is my problem. This is because I refer friends to you like, oh my God, you got to go see Michelle. These are regular people, y'all, that have absolutely no desire to go on a stage whatsoever. And they love what you've done and they've seen results, right? And then right. we had Jody, who was also on the podcast and she's seen results and hit the stage. Yeah. So it's cool that I've been able to see the results come in from two completely different segments, right? One competing and one non-competing. But I have a problem with people saying, okay, I'm going to put you on this fitness program, girl. I'm a trainer at said gym. And this isn't even for the stage. This is just for your 40th birthday. Yeah. Anniversary, something like that. I'm going to get you ready. We got three months. Let's go. And then they give you that shit. I don't want to eat fish and asparagus every day. Maybe it doesn't respond well to tilapia. Give me something better. So I, I have kind of an aversion, honestly, for trusting anything that anybody gives me, because what I found, Michelle, is that a lot of times they're giving out the same meal plan to everybody. Nothing's customized. Nothing. They're not taking any of this shit into consideration. Red flag. Red flag and you should run as fast as you can. If people don't ask you personal questions, you know, um, what is your goal? What do you want to do? What do you like to eat? What would you absolutely, that's one of my questions. What will you absolutely not eat? Um, I also am a little bit different. I like to work with people based off of their blood type because um, I will say this for all your viewers and you say, hey, I have no desire to get on stage like me. Um, And they always want to know what is the best diet plan? The best diet plan that you can ever give yourself is to eat according to your blood type. It's been around since men were created. If you will just eat according to your blood type in moderation, you will see changes. Um, Of course, it's always better if you have someone working with your macros. I'm very, very much macros based onto that. Um, That's your macronutrients. Um, But also, like, if you would just eat according to your blood type, you would see a lot of changes because just exactly what you see. And, you know, what if your body doesn't react well to tilapia? Yeah. You know, yeah. and a lot of us really are like that. I'm vegan for my health, but whenever I get my blood work, I find out that that's where I should be eating anyway, because that's my blood type is more to a plant-based diet. Um, and whenever I'm deficiency in iron, I should eat a little bit of red meat to bring that back into normal, or, you know, you can supplement it, but I would just prefer to do that. Um, but there's just so many different things out there. You really want to work with somebody that's really knowledgeable. That's my biggest thing in encouraging people is ask lots and lots of questions. And if someone says, don't ask, just do red flag again, run as fast as you can away from that. You should never be getting a cookie cutter diet plan. No one should be telling you, uh, okay, eat every three hours, eat four um, ounces of protein and have a little bit of uh, vegetables and cut out all your carbs. Those are like 
red flags. And we, as just basic humans, that common sense dictates you, that is not the way to do it. So, but a lot of big things. I know a lot of people that if you just go to your local gym, that that's what they're going to encourage you to do. And that's incorrect information. Absolutely. You cannot take nutritional advice from any and everybody that you meet, any and everybody that has an Instagram profile, you know, just because they're up there doing donkey kicks and their body looks great does not no. that what they recommend is going to work for you. So um, even when I was doing my certification as a aerobic instructor, it was strict guidelines. Like you cannot advise people on this nutrition piece because you're not certified in that. So y'all, let me, let me go into a little bit about my experience with Michelle, y'all. I came in to like wanting to do the whole fitness competition thing. I did not have a coach. I did not have a, I had nothing but a dream. Okay. <laughs> so I remember going online and this is, I think I've told you the story before, Michelle, I was going online, um, looking up different meal plans, like, okay, prep is 16 weeks. I had somebody come back and tell me it was going to take me a year to get my body into the shape that it needed to be oh, wow. in order to win. Yeah. And I was like, to hell with you moving along. I'm going to do this. So I'm online. I'm looking up sports and muscle and fitness and all of this other stuff trying to get, you know, programs. So I did, I downloaded like somebody's 16 week program mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I'm going to start here. So I started that program for about a month. Within that month, I was eating whatever they told me to, but my stomach was so freaking bloated. I was like mm -hmm. in pain, trying to go to bed. Obviously, I wasn't having sex because it was just too much going on down there. And my workouts, I wasn't able to see any results again because my body was so, so bloated. So I prayed. I was like, Lord. I need your help. I cannot do this alone, but I am alone, but I'm dead set on getting into this competition. And so you were one of the people that they said, hey, she's a coach. You know, she's a, she can help you with this. And I reached out to you. First of all, y'all, Michelle didn't even take amateurs like that at the time. I had to go through a process, a little interview. <laughs> yeah, we had in consult. <laughs> But do you remember me telling you about how bloated I was? And I think you were like, it's the tomatoes. And I remember you telling me that. And I was like, you're, you've been doing what? And you said, oh, yeah, I've just been following this that I found online. And I was like, can I take a look at it? And I was just like, yeah, this is nowhere close to what you should be doing. <laughs> so some people know about macros. I've heard people talk about it before, but... Obviously, I've always been small, right? So I've never had to really watch, mm -hmm. you know, um, calories, protein, carbs, things of that sort. So can you break down what macros is to the audience? Sure. So that's the amount of protein, um, fats, carbohydrates. Some people use fiber. I do because as women, we're not always as regular. And so you also need to be kind of mindful of how much fiber that you're in taking into your diet as well. But those are the main three is your protein, your fats, and your carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. And all of that is calculated on a number of things, your age, your weight, um, how active you are, whether you're male or female, 
Um, so you want to really get a really good base of where you should be in order for you to what we call a baseline um, every day, whether you do absolutely nothing besides wake up, brush your teeth, comb your hair and sit in front of your computer screen at home and do work, you're still burning calories. So you have to have a base of what your body needs in order to make it live for day to day. And then, like I said, you also have to take into consideration how active you are. You know, if your job requires you to be on your feet while working, uh, walking around, working all day long, let's say that you were a constructive construction worker. Obviously, you're moving and doing a lot more stuff, especially if you're outside into the heat and stuff. So you have to take that into consideration as well. If I was doing some manual labor like that and I was at super low um, calories, you would not be able to survive off of that. And so a lot of people, that's the reason why they either gain weight or lose weight, you know, can't have gained enough weight or, you know, they can't lose weight is because their um, macros are not where they need to be. So that's basically what it is. And there's a, a formula to that. And there's a couple of different ways to kind of figure out a typical good way of doing that is um, about a 40, 20, 20, type of a ratio into that 35, 35, 25. There's a lot of different types of ways to do that. And again, that's usually based off of like how active you are and where you are. For example, if you were just a regular want to lose weight, your macros don't have to be at a certain level as you would as a competitor, because obviously you're trying to, you know, you're having to work out, you're, you're having to do all these extra things that the average person is doing. You know, as an average person, I may work out three times a week versus if you're a competitor, you're working out six to seven days a week. So it's very, very different and those macros should be matching up to what your output is. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what that is. Um, and Jim, again, most people don't want to be told what to eat, even though we pretty much eat the same stuff every day. You just do it a little bit different when you're on a actual meal plan. Yeah. And I like to say meal plan. I don't like to use the word diet very much because when you say diet, people just think automatically restricted. Mm. Um, just because you're on a meal plan doesn't mean that you're restricted. And if you listen to Jody the last time that she was on, I caught it much later, but I did hear it. Like she never felt like she was um, missing out on anything. And like she said, I remember she was like, you have never given me a salad the whole time that I've been on prep. And I'm like, no, who does that? Like the average person, unless you're like me and vegan, you're probably, and even I don't, but you're probably not eating a salad every single day. So I don't like to say diet. I like to say meal plan. Um, because also whenever you have your macros, you don't have to be on a set meal plan. You can just with, eat within your macros. You know, if you, if I was at 120 grams of protein a day, um, 50 grams of fat and hundred carbs a day, I could just very easily calculate that and stay within my range and still, you know, be happy, eat whatever it is that I want. So um, that's just a little bit about macros. Again, it's, for the average person, it becomes a little overwhelming whenever you start talking about that because it's like, I really don't understand it. And um, even me, I've tried to teach a couple of people and most people are like, I'm just going to let you do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of them. I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this. Okay. And I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm getting the numbers and I'm like, to hell with it. Y'all just go talk to Michelle. She yeah. take care of you because it, it is 
a lot, but it's worth it. If you can have somebody break it down for you. And then you also supplied me with like MyFitPal, which this is no plug. We don't own it, but it's a great app where you can go and kind of log what you're eating so that you know that you're staying within your allotted macros for the day. So I 100% for me, because I tried, I really, and, and I love you because you are willing to teach, right? <laughs> a lot of people won't do that. It's like, it's my boss. And so, um, but despite your willingness, and I appreciate it, it's still a lot for me. So that's why I tell everyone, please get you a nutritionist. Even if you're starting a fitness program, even if someone's saying, hey, I've got this challenge that you can do, great, do the challenge. If they give you a meal plan, have a nutritionist that understands you and understands your background, at least look at the meal plan. Um, one of the things I loved about what you did with me is that, and, and my friends who were not competing, is that you had all of us give you weekly or bi-weekly check-ins. And you were able to look at my body and say, okay, that's water right there. And that's yeah. this, we need to cut this. And I'm like, this is dope shit. Like, all right, what else are we doing? That's where the science comes in. Like I said, you know, working in the fitness industry, you do learn a lot of different things because you, you should be able to see that someone's holding water or that, you know, something that they're eating is causing them to be bloated. It's not really that you gain five pounds. It's really just something that's in your diet. Um, we should all be able to do that every single day looking at ourselves, but most of us just kind of go through life and we're so busy doing all kinds of other stuff that you really don't take note to that unless it starts to affect you like you were saying whenever you first was trying on your own, you were bloated all the time. So then you probably are taking a little bit more notice like, hey, you know, I'm more bloated in the evening than I am during the morning. Okay, I've had three meals. So maybe, you know, I should eat that fourth one, you know, so you're kind of looking at yourself a little bit more. But the average person, again, we're so used to, you know, on Monday, I have chicken, Chick-fil-A. On Tuesday, I go to Chipotle, you know, on Friday, hey, it's happy hour. <laughs> so, you know, you're doing all of these things and you're doing it every week. Mm -hmm. that maybe you're not realizing and connecting that, hey, Chipotle doesn't agree with me. I really need to cut that out. But until you really get on a meal plan and you start to weed things out, you don't really know that. And that's the reason why I say if you kind of eat according to your blood type, it kind of does that for you because you're eating what's best for your body. For example, if I eat chicken and I'm my blood type is for me to be vegan, every time I eat that chicken, I'm going to have an adverse reaction. And for me, typically, I would bloat whenever I would have chicken. I'm just like, first of all, my skin is irritated. Um, I don't feel good. I feel uh, lethargic. You know, I'm always tired. And I'm just like, what's going on with me? And I felt that way every day whenever I was eating meat. And why? Because my body does not process all this meat the way that other people's body does. So again, if you kind of just follow, and it's really easy, I try to tell people on that, you can take your, get your blood type, if your doctor doesn't know, which I found out more and more in what I do, most of your general doctors don't know what your blood type is. I don't understand that, but um, but you can go to any lab um, that's out there, lab or any lab, 
Um, the test is like $20 and you can find out what your blood type is. There's so much stuff with the internet. You have access to everything. You can Google blood type diets and you will get a wealth of information and you can just kind of narrow it down from there. Um, but that's one of the things that even for me, whenever I work with clients, um, I do have them get their blood type and then I have them download the blood type diet app and then they can just read for themselves. You know, like if you ever don't remember, you can always just go back to here and go, for example, oh, I ate broccoli today. Oh my God, I'm so bloated. Look at the app. Ah, I'm not supposed to have broccoli. And yeah. then you know to just keep that out of your diet. But those are some of the things that um, I kind of recommend for the average person. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So when a person, say for instance, they go on a journey, so they do um, a fitness competition or they do an extreme diet, not like crazy, but they're working towards a goal and they go hard for three, three or four months. Um, at the worst, they're trying to like calm down and they want to revert back to papacitos and the happy hours and all that good stuff. <laughs> this is where the reverse dieting comes in, y'all. Yes. Yeah, so I remember when I was finished with my competition, the first one, I was like, look, I want to eat, I want to drink, I <laughs> fried everything, and I want it now. Right. <laughs> you were really trying to shield me from that, like him. I was. And you I gotta take it slow. <laughs> and the first time I listened a little bit, the second time I reverted and I bloated so freaking bad. So oh my God, it was worse than any type of bloat that I had ever had. And I called you like, all right, what do I have to do? So can you tell the people just a little bit about reverse dieting and why that is so important? Super, super important. Um, before we even talk about those types of things, um, as far as the bloating and stuff, you're going to get some of that. But more important than that, um, hormones. This will any type of, um, I want to say hardcore type of dieting, um, just like you said, even if it's something like I'm getting ready for my class reunion. So the next, you know, 60 days, I'm going to go super hard. I'm going to cut out all carbs, whatever. Um, you can't just go right back into that. And when you do, you're affecting your hormones because you just lowered your hormones or put them at some type of a risk. And I'm just going to use that word. Um, while you were doing this extremity and then you're just putting something back in without taking it easy, easing into it. It's just like if I lift today and I tried to PR on everything, you know, my personal best, I went hard in the gym. Well, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be sore and I'm going to have some, you know, some effects from all of that. Well, it's the same thing with your body with dieting and you can't do that with it. Like I said, most importantly is it can do some harm to your hormones. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, is especially with um, stage, doing any type of competition, stage presence, anything like that, people don't realize that just having a drink of water will make you gain weight. Mm -hmm. So you just did all of this work and you just lost, let's say, 10, 20 pounds to get on the stage. In a matter of two days, you can gain 20 pounds back. And people don't realize how quickly you can. Yes. Um, and even if you weren't doing a competition, but you, like I said, you did some type of a crash diet like that, um, putting 
that ordinary stuff that you used to eat back into your system, you can have extreme diarrhea, you can have the extreme bloating, it can cause migraines, um, because especially if you just ate clean for a couple of weeks, and let's just say that your favorite thing is Chinese food, and you just had all this Chinese food with MSG up in it, guess what it's going to do? It can cause you to have migraines, all these different adverse effects on your body, because you just went whole wholeheartedly back into it, having a good time, <laughs> right? Yeah. You never, 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 never want to do that. And for me, I always warn all my clients up ahead. I usually tell everybody, even with you, Kim, I was just like, on Sun on Saturday, before you step on the stage, you will have your reverse diet. On Sunday, I need you to go back to your reverse diet. Because I tell people that this is the best way to do it whenever you're coming off. Also, you're going to feel better. Um, like I said, usually eating all of that food, it's just like Thanksgiving Day. You know, we usually eat all the turkey and all the nice trimmings yes. that come along with it. But think about how you feel at the end of the day. You're tired. Um, you're usually, your stomach is bloated or it's hurting because you had three slices of pie and one slice of cake. You know, you just, your body is not meant to do that. And it's not a garbage disposal. And that's what a lot of people do is they just really use it like a garbage disposal. Unfortunately, it doesn't go away like that. Yeah. I wish it did. Don't we all? So the importance of reversing is really good, but also mentally, because I tell everybody when you lose amount of weight and you start to look this way and in a matter of two days of eating fried food, alcohol and everything else, and you start to look at your body again, a lot of people wind up getting some type of an eating disorder or body dysmorphia because they're thinking, oh, it's just one day that I splurge and your body doesn't see it that way. Yeah. Um, it will take you weeks, months to lose weight, but you can gain it all back in a matter of days. And I've seen it. I've seen someone come off of a competition prep and gain 20 pounds in two days. That's a ton of weight. And you have to feel miserable doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? So, point, I've, back in the day when I used to work at Fitness USA, for people who know about that in, in the Midwest, um, people would go on an Atkins diet all the time, take their carbs away. They would look fabulous within like yeah. months. But then if they got off of it for 60 days, baby, they were back and they were worse. And worse. Yeah. And so it's not just with prep, like you said, within a fitness competition scope, mm -hmm. it's just with regular dieting. And I'm saying dieting because that is what it is. It's just kind of like, I'm going to be very restrictive for a while, just so that I can obtain this goal. Instead of changing your nutritional habits, adopting a meal plan, and then giving yourself leniency at times so that it's a sustainable um, program for you to continue on. The mind part of it is so crazy because when I came off of like my, I was completely finished with competitions. I couldn't stop eating. <laughs> I could not. I would be like, all right, so um, I'm gonna get this bag of mint Milano's and I'm gonna just have two. And then two would turn into a sleeve. And then a sleeve would turn oh into a bag. And so <laughs> I never had a problem with 
putting mm-hmm. down before. Mind y'all, always been small. And so the depravity of what I went through within the fitness scope was definitely a mind fuck, to be it honest. It definitely is. And um, now we're going to kind of get into, because we're winding down on time, but I want to get into um, some of the benefits, some of the pros and cons of adopting a um, nutritional program. But then I also want to talk about the fitness competitions, because that's a whole nother beast, right? So this is my experience with the fitness competition, y'all. I started to develop like an issue with food in a sense that when I was hungry and it was in front of me, if it was cake, I was eating three slices because I just felt like I hadn't had it in so long. Mind mm-hmm. you, I did what, two competitions back to back? In like 10 weeks. Maybe <laughs> 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 <Eight> 12. <laughs> yeah, well, the first one was 10, and you're right. Yeah, and, and the next one was two weeks, like two weeks later. So it was like two or three. Yeah. So I think my mm-hmm. total was only 14, but it was really, it was intense. And yeah. I just jumped in. I didn't really coast at all. Um, I think I had one cheat day, something like that, one or two. But nevertheless, I developed a little bit of an issue. You pulled me off. Michelle was like, look, after these two competitions, I need you to sit down because one, (laughs) I don't want you to have an issue with food. Two, and I I did. I needed to get myself back. Like, okay, ease off of the chem. And then two, um, the mind part of it. I was getting small, but I would still look in the mirror and see love handles. Yeah. I was 115 pounds. Y'all, I won my division. I won like two, like four different divisions that I was in. Every single one, thanks to Michelle um, and my efforts to match it. Right. But, But I was still seeing love handles and still seeing imperfections because I was so hell-bent on getting the win and getting quote-unquote perfect that I walked out of that experience happy enlightened empowered but also with a great appreciation for the part that the mind plays in this game of, of changing your nutritional habits and fitness and but what if somebody did want to take it to the point of going into a fitness competition and they're like, look, I want to go all the way, at least just to make it a bucket list item, right? What are some of the things that you, just give me three things that you should say they should watch out for entering that world and three reasons why they should still do it anyway if they want. Um, so let me kind of break it up. Um, I always tell my my clients, attach it to a goal. You'll wind up being more successful, just like with anything in life, when you attach it to a goal. So that's part of the reason why I encourage someone to do a competition or even a challenge. Like me personally, right now, I'm doing 75 hard days, just where I'm committed to exercising and taking care of myself for 75 days. It's a goal. It, It keeps me accountable. And we all need some type of accountability. So that's part of it. Um, but also realizing how um, disciplined you can be. I feel like this is a sport. This is a challenge that you have to be disciplined. Yeah. Uh, we, a lot of times be like, oh, I'm the most disciplined person. You know, I'm so organized. I can do anything. You don't realize how you're not until you have to do something like this, because it comes with a lot of sacrifice. It comes with a lot of, you know, turning away from stuff. It 
it's mentally challenging. Yeah. I tell people, do you really, are you really faithful? You know, are you really committed to your spiritual side? Because if, even if you don't consider yourself a spiritual person, when you do a competition, you're going to find the spirit. Yes. Um, <laughs> You really are because there, it gets to a point where you you do you start doubting yourself, you start feeling low about yourself. So um, discipline, I would say, you know, attaching it to a goal, finding out how disciplined you are, and really making a lifestyle change. Because I feel like if nothing else, when you do something like this, you start to realize how bad of habits that you have. And how to create good, healthy habits that will last you for the rest of your life. And that's how I approach it with my clients is always, can you let me teach you? And can you move forward in your life yes. using some of these same principles? Yes. Um, some of the negatives, correct? Let me make sure I'm going to say it the right way. The negatives, right? Yeah. Um, some of the biggest challenges for me with, with doing anything that you have to be super disciplined is is knowing yourself because you have to be able to say no to a lot of things. You got to say no to family. You got to say no to uh, friends. You got to say no to food. You got to say no to alcohol. You got to say no to a lot of things. If you're not a strong person on the inside, this is going to really challenge you into that. So that's one of the things that I will say about that. Um, the other thing is, is I think that mentally you need to be strong if you're not if you're already very vulnerable you're already in a depressed um, mindset or anything like that this may not be the time in your life to choose to do that you have to be in a pretty good mental space in order to do this again like I said I've known people to say I don't believe in anything and I'm like oh you will by the end of this prayer <laughs> so, you will have that coming to Jesus moment, trust me. But uh, you have to be a pretty mentally strong person in order to walk through this. And then I will also say that uh, a little bit of the downside of this is, and I, I hesitate because I wanna say it's a win and a lose. Um, I think that it teaches you to learn to love yourself, to love yourself at where you are because Sometimes, you know, I look at myself and I'll be like, okay, girl, you look good. And then I'm around all the bodybuilders or I'll see where I used to be and I'll be like, you know, oh my God, I don't look good. And I'm like, no, you were doing something different back then. Yeah. You know, you learn to love yourself where you are. There's nothing wrong with me. So I say it in a bad, say it in a positive, in a bad way. You will learn to love yourself. And I think that you learn to love yourself in a different way, which is an amazing thing because you find new things to love about yourself. Um, I have a person that say, you know, I've always loved being skinny. You know, it, it's, I never had to work for something. And whenever I started to go into bodybuilding, I realized how hard I have to work to gain weight and how hard I had to gain muscle. And, you know, it makes you learn to love yourself in a different manner. So to me, I think that's, those are the three positives, negatives, and I hope they're not negative. <laughs> I'm such a popular person, I struggle with that. But those are the, the things that I think that are probably the most important. And I think it's probably something that you don't hear from other coaches, because again, I'm in the heart of it. I see so much of it. I see it 
from a judge's perspective where, you know, a competitor may lose and then they think it's the end of the world. I'm like, girl, this pays no, no bill, not one. It takes money away from you. It does not put money in your pocket. Even if you are a pro and you start to earn money, it's not real money, you know? So I tell people, you can't take this so harsh, you know? And again, you got to love yourself because if you find out that, you know, I got to win, I got to win, you're not loving yourself mm. because you should love yourself whether you win or you lose. Mm. I love me every day, you know? But oh, you find a lot of people who wind up really having to do this because it's like, you know, this is where I, the only place that I find enjoyment. This is the only place where I find that I love my body, that I love myself. Yeah. You know, again, we probably need to take some steps back and you need to come see therapist, Michelle. <laughs> and work on some but again, I think um, a little bit of it is because of my back history that I approach things a lot differently because I really want my people to come out in a very positive way. I want you to love yourself. I want you to be more disciplined. I want you to make this a lifestyle. I want it to be a really good thing and not like, you know, where you regret things. I hope I answered that. <laughs> I'm just taking it all in. I'm just taking it all in. That was a beautiful way to wrap it up. And let me just appreciate you. You are a conduit for change in so many people's lives. And you work very hard um, you and your beautiful fiance, y'all, y'all go hard, y'all are tag team, and you put your heart into what you do. And I'm one of the people whose lives you have changed. And therapist Michelle is still very much intact because I, <laughs> I would have liked to, but um, I really appreciate you for preserving this space, not only within the scope of fitness comp competition, but also for regular people, letting them know it's not necessarily always about getting the win, which I am. I'm very driven, right? I'm very ambitious. I want the win. But I was very in tune at the same time that, A, you might not get this first win, girl. <laughs> and B, it doesn't matter. It's about your personal best. Yes. It's your personal best. Are you besting yourself? And what I took away from my experience with you was that A, appreciating my body, loving my body, listening to it, understanding it, um, that I can be disciplined and that I could really accomplish anything that I put my mind to if I focus and I surround myself with the right people. And the loving yourself component, you know, there's a balance between pushing yourself and appreciating where you are. Yes. Have to balance it out every day and you held me up in many ways that I was able to take from this experience now I'm vegan like where did that come from <laughs> I wasn't vegan before I started this process um but I also wasn't standing as strong within myself as I was prior to getting into this process as well I cut mm -hmm. out alcohol after you know some time after this process but it happened and I even found myself Michelle beginning to speak up for myself more because something within this time, mm -hmm. right, of working with myself really changed something in me. So I just want to thank you for what you do and to let you know, even though you do it every day and it's like clockwork for you, please don't take it lightly because it's changing lives. 
It really is. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. And not just in a vanity aspect of looking good, but it's about feeling good. And I have chills. (laughs) (laughs) We need you to come out with a program for the people, for the regular people. Like, okay, every year I'm going to open it up, you know, for a hundred people once a year, y'all coming to Kim and Michelle's Mind and Body Bootcamp. Kim and Michelle's Mind and Body Bootcamp. And then let's get the people together. We'll see. And that is exactly my goal for 2023. Oh. It is. It really honestly is. Yes. I love to see it. Well, the world can definitely use more of it, um, especially now that we're all trying to move past this COVID weight, past these bad habits that we picked up and reintegrate in life in a more healthy way. So, Michelle, thank you for coming on the show. Please tell the listeners where we can follow you and all of your services. Yes. Um, You can find me on um, Instagram. My business page is uh, Posing Queen, Posing underscore Queen underscore um, it has all my information. It has a link in my bio where you can do a, a, a um, consult with me. It is for free. I tell everybody that don't be afraid to talk to me. Um, as long as I have available time, I'm more than happy to just chat with people. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, Michelle Bland Musney. Um, I do have a page on there. I don't look at it a whole lot, but it's still posing queen. Everything is pretty simple. <laughs> I try to keep it like that. I did not give myself that name. <laughs> gave me, it just kind of stuck with it and it's easy. Um, so I just kind of branded it. I did brand it. It yeah, it does. But you can also email me. Um, that's postemployees at gmail.com. It's very easy. It's just Zach Spelly. Um, and you can always get in touch with Kim and she can always send you my way. Uh, that's an easy way to get connected with me. Yeah. But I'm always open. Um, I do do, of course, posing for uh, bodybuilding if that's something that you want to do. But I also do meal prep. I also do nutrition for regular people or if you're trying to do a show. Um, so those are just a couple of the things that I do. I'm sure I'm missing something, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, she will be your therapist if you need, if you need. Definitely. <laughs> I do do that on the side. I just don't do it <laughs> as often as everything else. Cause obviously my business right now is fitness and nutrition. Yes. Well, you're a great friend for coming on the show. It's peak week. You've got a lot going on, you know, a whole new house and family to get back to. So I'm going to let you go. But y'all, thank you so much again for tuning in to this time of the Walking in Heels program. Again, we are having emotional authenticity and love for self. And a lot of that starts with what we put within. So make sure y'all check out this, um, check out Michelle on her platforms. Please share her information. Share this podcast with somebody who you think can be benefited from it. And we will see y'all later. Bye. Thank you.